News channel. Wait, hold on. I forgot to do something. My apologies. Just, uh, okay. I got to get the energy drink going. I'm way behind, okay? Firing off an email to government officials at South Bend and just things are happening. Got a great guest today, Kevin Downey Jr., a conservative comedian. is going to be joining us a little bit later on in the program. It's, uh, it's a big day. Lots of things going on. I wanted to talk just first about this Department of, of, well, Department of Homeland Security. Uh, really concerned about you truck drivers out there. We'll get to that here in just a second. First, I want to thank R&B Car Company. Locations in South Bend and Warsaw, R&B Car Company are your used car experts. You can find them online at rbcarcompany.com. All right, you ready for this? The Department of Homeland Security is aiming to get ahead of a planned demonstration in America, tracking reports of a potential convoy amid several Canadian truck protests against COVID mandates. Now, what's interesting about all of this is that the Canadian truckers have been very successful. Alberta is now uh, getting rid of the VAX mandate. So no no VAX passport. You can get, get back into Alberta, Canada. And uh, if you're a truck driver, so I, I would say that that was pretty successful, wouldn't all of you? If the whole point was to protest a VAX mandate so that truck drivers could deliver to the United States and be able to go home without being quarantined for 14 days, and you had at least Alberta get rid of it, I would say that that's been fairly successful. And it's interesting to watch other folks out there, and this is a part of it, though. This is what happens when you don't actually pay attention to anything. Because you have, okay, you've got the news media, not only in Canada, but in the United States. They're out there telling you, ah, it's just a couple of truckers. That's all it is. And even a former coworker of mine's like, nah, it's just a couple of truckers. It's not a big deal. Really? Do, do a couple of truckers grind the entire economy of a nation to halt? Do just a couple of truckers, do they screw up Detroit traffic for several days as, as they're dealing with that border crossing? And do just a couple of truckers, do they, do they cause... Various governments in the Canadian country to change their policies if it's just a couple of truckers. Oh, and by the way, just a couple of truckers are really important to your economy. I got news for you. You ready for this? I'm going to hurt some people's feelings, okay? This goes back to my, at some point in time, somebody will think about you for the last time and nobody will ever think about you again speech. My pep talk, if you will. If every single celebrity... Every single one of them dropped off of the face of the earth tomorrow. If every politician dropped off of the face of the earth tomorrow. If every social media company dropped off of the face of the earth tomorrow. You would be okay. If all of the truckers stopped delivering their goods and services, you're toast. Do I need to say it any clearer than that? Josh, was that clear? Okay. I just... All of those people who think that they're important and have all of these yes people that they pay a lot of money to keep around, buy them lattes and and make sure that their reservations are made and tell them that they're important and super intelligent and everything else, they're not. All of you politicians are useless to our daily lives. Politicians are actually an impediment to your daily success. Virtually, without fail, the good politicians are the ones trying to leave you alone. Every single one of them, if they stopped working tomorrow, every single one of them, nobody, nobody notice. You remember how they inflated the government shutdowns and everything else? Oh, government shut down this, government shut down. Yeah, guess what? 
Nothing changed. Nothing changed. The things that needed to get done got done. The things that weren't important didn't get done. And some people complained about it, and they made a big brouhaha about it. But ultimately, you went about your day. Those of you who got benefits, you got your benefits because people know what to do when they're not being told what to do. Unimportant people are trying to tell you that very important people, truckers, are not important. Let that sink in. And I know that I hurt some feelings occasionally when, you know, I play humble on the live stream and I get this funny video for those of you who watch the live stream. It's all of the compliments and uh, positive reviews and things like that about, about my show. Uh, Jen Saki makes an appearance asking me to have her baby. It's, it's a whole thing. Okay, most of you who know me know I don't really have an ego. I'm making fun of people who do. Because part of my job is sitting here talking about people who have the most swollen heads that they think that they are important. They're not. There isn't a single Hollywood celebrity, there isn't a single musician out there who is important to your life. Do you like having them around? Sure. Do you like their their stuff? Does it help you unplug a little bit? And yeah, absolutely. If they disappeared tomorrow, you would be fine. Your life ultimately would not change, with the exception of you would probably be more productive. Truth is, we'd all be more productive. We didn't have the television. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have our cell phones. Well, maybe not the cell phones because people are very productive on their cell phones. But if we didn't have some of those things for the recreational aspect of it, okay, if you only got internet when you went, in, went into work, you'd be a much more productive individual at home. You know, a lot of people run around and go, how are these people way back then without colleges and without public education, how are they so smart? Because they sat there and they read and they thought all day. That's all they did. And the ones who didn't do that were plowing fields and making things with their bare hands that were essential for society. And right now, because we are so successful, we have a vast majority of our population, frankly, is not worth anything. Why do you think all of these social causes are so important? People don't have any actual worth right now. Is it valuable to an individual's own self-worth when they go and they clock in, they sit in a dang cubicle all day and they, they punch numbers in, does that create value in their life? No. Are they providing a valuable service for that company and that company's customers? Yes. For everybody else? No. And everybody feels this. Everybody understands this. And so people start looking for ways to feel validated. They look for ways to be productive. They look for value somewhere in their life. For some people, that's being really good at a video game. For some people, that's art. For some people, that's taking a photograph of their butt in a G-string and posting it on Instagram. For some of you, it's twerking on TikTok because you, you need people to tell you that you're beautiful and special and amazing, even though they know nothing about you other than the ratio of which left cheek and right cheek bounces to what music. They know nothing else about you. You're not valuable to them. If you disappeared tomorrow, they wouldn't care. I have like 58 million followers and not one of them will buy a t-shirt from you. So then we start getting into I'm oppressed. You're so successful, you have to make up reasons to be oppressed. Everybody. 
who's the least oppressed group of people in the United States of America? Anybody? Who's the least oppressed group of people in the United States of America? In other words, let me rephrase this for some of you out there. What is the most privileged group of people in the United States of America? Right, white women. Who are the most offended for everybody else? White women. Isn't that interesting? Huh? Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I know. White women love pretending that they're oppressed. They're the most privileged group of people in the entire country. And everybody knows it except for white women. They're the only ones totally clueless of this thing. So what do they do? They spend their days drinking boxed wine, pretending to have book clubs, running for school board, and being offended on behalf of other groups of people who aren't offended about the things that are said. That's what they do. Meanwhile, the rest of us go about our day. And then there are a few professional antagonists who make money and they seek fame by doing this sort of stuff. Like, oh, I don't know, Black Lives Matter, who has $60 million in donations that just gone. Gone. Not the first time it's happened with them. You realize $60 million of their donations have just vanished. While, at the same time, they're buying millions of dollars in real estate all over North America. Isn't that interesting? I wonder where that $60 million went. Anyone have a clue? They just bought a $6 million Canadian mansion that belonged to the Communist Party in Canada. True story. Where did that, I wonder where that $60 million went. You realize they're not even allowed to collect donations anymore in many states because of that? You realize that? Because the money's gone. Where did it go? Did it help the black community anywhere? Nope. Did it help anybody anywhere? Did they get rich? Yeah, oh, they got rich. They got so rich. So rich. Do you think before BLM was started, Patricia Cullors could afford a $6 million mansion for her, her, uh, her, her spouse, partner? I don't know if they're married. Because that's what happened. She bought a $6 million house for her while she's got cars and real estate in her name. Could they do that before BLM? These open and admitted Marxists? Or was it all a giant publicity stunt to give you to get, the, get them money? I know it seems like it's not connected, folks. It is. Truckers are important. Construction workers are important. Law enforcement are important. Maintenance workers, janitorial staff, they're important. And when you have a bunch of people who, frankly, are not important, that includes me. I'm not important. I've said this a million times. I'm always included when I talk about celebrities, people on the radio, television, whatever. I'm always included in that. And everybody in this business, I know that some of you probably think that we're valuable. We're not. You'll be just fine if I were to disappear tomorrow. You know how I know that? Because one day I will die and you will never think of me again and you'll still be okay. When you have unimportant people telling you that important people are not important, start to worry. So now you have the Department of Homeland Security looking at this and going, oh, we don't want that here. Of course you don't want it here. A peaceful protest that actually gets results? Can't possibly want that here. Did the Department of Homeland Security move a finger when BLM was burning entire cities down? Took a long time for them to show up in, in, in uh, was it Waukesha? Took a long time for them to show up in some of those places, didn't it? 
Yeah, but they're preemptively worried about truck drivers. Give me a break. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. So the latest on the DHS, the agency is tracking reports of a potential convoy that may be planning to travel to several U.S. cities. Yeah, I, I wish the Department of Homeland Security would focus on actual terrorism. That's a, You realize the, uh, the, the, the convoy in Canada, not a single act of violence by the members of the convoy. The only acts of violence they've ever found are, well, there's actually some acts of violence by police, but the only acts of violence were from nearby residents who had actually attacked people who were sitting in their vehicles. No, even, even the Ottawa Police Department admits zero acts of violence or vandalism. The one case where they claimed vandalism, they put a flag on the statue of the, I guess, the founder of the town or whatever, and then they took a picture and then they took the flag off because Canadians are polite. They do that sort of thing. Wouldn't it be nice to have a protest where nobody burned a city down or something like that, and, and the only defacing they did was to put a flag up for a photo op and then take the flag down and then leave the statue in one piece without being spray-painted? Wouldn't that be nice? We don't do that in the U.S., do we? James, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon. Living in South Bend, it's uh, never a good afternoon, but it is afternoon. Yeah, that's oh. true. <laughs> Uh, well, just fire, uh, by the way, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just fired an email off to every single common council member. Okay, um, just just an email. You didn't fire anything else. No, I would never do that. Okay. I don't. I don't advocate violence unless it is absolutely necessary. I hear that. Yeah. I I agree. Right. Anyways, uh, under the staunch leadership of the Buddha judges, Mueller's, and the new improved Black Panther City uh, Council. Mm-hmm. South Bend finally made the number one list, the most dangerous city in Indiana. And you can view that online at www.roadroadsnacks.net. They cite FBI and uh, Indiana State Police crime statistics. So we finally made number one, and the number one most dangerous city in the state. Gary came in five. So number five? Course, yeah, Gary came in. They five. must have had a very active COVID murder scene then, because I think they probably got rid of a lot of their criminal element that way. Yeah, the city's shrinking there, but yeah. uh, isn't that typical? But when no, Mayor Pete called the South Bend police systemically racist, there is consequences to his words. Crime is just soaring. Yeah, it's um well, and, and that's why I'm, I'm hoping this Michiana Crime Stoppers thing helps with uh, the police being able to track down these people. But and let's not dare dare mention to the city council or the mayor that lot you know, quite a lion's share of it happens to be black on black. Oh, don't say that. Yeah, that's true. We don't right, dare talk about things like that. Sure. All right. I got to roll, man. Appreciate the call. Bye. Yeah, this was, um, remember we had the, was was Pete? Yeah, Pete was, I think, just on his way out. And there was that article that listed South Bend as like um, like the highest crime or one of the highest crime cities in, in India. I don't know if it's number one or number two or something like that. And um, there were some disputes about reporting and how some other cities do throttle their reporting, which is 100% true. 
And I do believe the South Bend has gotten very good at its crime reporting. I've told you before, their portal is amazing. And it's it's something that all citizens of the city should know how to use. Um, but, you know, how, how that stacks up, I don't know. I, I was surprised when he said that Gary was number five in that particular list. I'd have to look it up. I don't know their methodology or anything. I'd have to check it out. But, yeah, this is... The city has so much potential. And unfortunately biases and your typical corrupt politics are preventing it from happening. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. MNC News Time is 3.31. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, especially for Valentine's Day. 20% off the entire store. Some exceptions apply. Let them know I sent you. KC20 is the promo code, not just 20. Sorry, I'm a little distracted. So, here, okay. Here's why you watch the live stream. Let me just pat myself on the back just a little bit. Here's why you watch the live stream. One, we engage in conversations that don't ever make it onto the air. We talk about all sorts of stuff. We have a lot of fun. I've done my best to take it from, it's not rated, to PG-13. Okay, I've done my best to do that, and we've done pretty good with that over the past several weeks. But also, you just have random moments where Josh gets a phone call. And Josh picks up the phone, and he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, what is going on over there? It's like, I thought, because I just fired off an email to the South Bend Common Council, I thought it was somebody from the South Bend Common Council talking to him. It wasn't. It was Tucker Carlson's booking agent. So Tucker Carlson wants me on his show. So that happened live on the live stream. And if you're not watching the live stream on Rumble.com or TheBurningTruth.us, you missed the moment. It was a good moment. You missed me panicking about having to shave my beard off. You missed me panicking about having hat head because yesterday I left the house all put together. Today I left the house looking like my normal bummy self. And I was thinking that they wanted me on tonight, but it looks like they might actually want me on next week. So things might work out. <laughs> God, I'm like, how am I going to get dressed? <laughs> Because the last time I did Fox, I, I I wasn't I was in the middle of growing my beard. They didn't like the facial hair, so it was a thing. That's why I haven't really been back on Fox. I've been on the radio shows. I've been on television since then. It was the first thing that Brian Kilmeade said to me when he came to Noise. He goes, "You shaved." <laughs> it's like, okay, I get it. God. All right. So anyway, yes, Tucker Carlson is um, is trying to get me onto his show to talk about people to judge and uh, smart streets. All right. What else do we have here? <clears throat> All right, there's a study out there. I don't know if you're aware of this. I don't know why you would be aware of this. This is in UPI.com. There's a study about humans and mosquitoes. Mosquitoes see red when they look at your skin, and that brings them in for the bite, according to research, showing that these insects find certain colors more attractive. So I I, I don't know how this helps you any, um, but we are coming in into mosquito season here pretty soon. The findings mean that what you wear can reduce your chances of being bitten, but there's little that you can do in terms of your skin. So I guess if you're around mosquitoes, don't wear red. But if your skin's exposed, they see the red skin anyway. Uh, Your skin gives off a strong red-orange signal that's highly attractive to mosquitoes. Um, And here's the thing. We found, too, that, and I don't know if there's any specific reasons behind it, but we found that certain people are attractive to mosquitoes and certain people are not. 
I was never attractive to any mosquito or bug when I was in pest control. This is true story. I assume it's because I had residue of it on me and emanating throughout my body. But the moment I got out of pest control for several years, I swear gnats, like biting gnats, sand flies, and mosquitoes will not leave me alone. So there's something apparently that they said that you, you can have in your diet and certain, I think they even said maybe potentially certain blood types are more attractive to mosquitoes. But uh, so here you go. In the study, we found a fourth cue, the color red, which can not only be found on your clothes, but is also found in everyone's skin. The shade of your skin doesn't matter. Okay. So it doesn't matter what race you are. Uh, we are giving, we're all giving off a strong red signature. See, we're all red. We're all red. You're not white. You're not black. You're not brown. You're not yellow. You're not red. Well, we're all red. Like, does it? How does that work? Are we all? Wait, don't let Elizabeth Warren use this. Okay? No, no. Do not let Elizabeth Warren use this. We're all red bit to once again proclaim that she is Native American. What else do we have here? Researchers found that when common species of mosquito called Aedes, I don't care. Uh, detects carbon dioxide or CO2 from our breath. It then looks for specific colors, including red, orange, black, and cyan, to find its meal of blood. But they ignore colors such as green, purple, blue, and white, which is, ironically, all of the colors that I avoid in my outfits as well. Um, so very interesting stuff. This is in the uh, the journal Nature Communications. So uh, they do use odors to help them distinguish what is nearby, uh, like a host to bite when they smell specific compounds like CO2 from our breath. That scent stimulates the eyes to scan for specific colors and other visual patterns which are associated with a potential host and head to them. So, since CO2 is killing the planet, are are they going to use this as um, another, like, a, a gateway, if you will, to force some kind of a CO2 scrubber onto our face? You save the planet, prevent yourself from getting a mosquito bite, all in the same, all in the same bit. And uh, just as a helpful tip, something that I discovered on my property not that long ago, is that if you have a large amount of mosquitoes, there's a good chance that you may very well have some some standing water somewhere. But I didn't realize that most people probably understand that. Look in the top of your uh, your shed and your fence posts. Believe it or not, I found uh, found issues with both of those in the past. All right, we've got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. This is a bit odd. Oh, let me go to my website here. I got to check something. Hold on just a second, okay? So you go to theburningtruth.us, and you scroll down. We are 10 days and 22 hours away from Truth Social launching. That is Trump's social media network. Now, for many of you, that is obviously a big deal. We're all waiting to see if this network does what we are hoping other networks do, right? So Truth Social in 11 days is going to be online. Now, why is that important? Because Melania Trump just signed an exclusive deal with Parler. What? Parler is a direct competitor to Truth Social. 
and she's married to Donald Trump. What? <laughs> what? We are missing something here, and I don't know what that is, but we're missing something here. I, I, <laughs> I don't know if Parler is going to get picked up by Truth Social. Is there going to be a merger? Is there going to be a divorce? What's going on? I don't know. Parler, the conservative alternative to Twitter, announced this week that it is signed to deal with former First Lady Melania Trump, who has agreed to share exclusive communications on the social media network. I am excited and inspired by free speech platforms that give direct communication to people worldwide. Now, again, I've, I've told you before that I parlor of the alternative networks was my favorite until they got taken down. And then they just, you know, getting back into it has been very difficult. Um, the, the engagement is way down on posts that I post up there. I get a lot of follows on parlor, but I think they might be bots. I think it's an attempt to get me to come back to the network, which I'm open to doing as long as there's activity on there. And I I don't know. This this is a little strange that you have Truth Social coming out in 11 days, and now Melania has an exclusive exclusivity deal with Parler. Parler has been on the forefront of utilizing Web3 technology that empowers its users to foster productive discourse. She's right about that. Uh, Parler did just secure millions of dollars in new funding, too, by the way, a few weeks back. Uh, Parler CEO George Farmer said that he is excited for the company's partnership with the former first lady and added that he has brought she has brought a new level of productivity and engagement to the team. Uh, you know, it, is she the biggest get in the world as far as social media is concerned? Of course not. But she's still a big name. And anytime you get a big name with a exclusive contract, by the way, this is the future of social media. The future of social media is not you being on every network. The future of social media is networks competing with individuals for exclusive posting. Just so everybody is kind of crystal clear on that. That's been happening in the live streaming space for a few years now. So YouTube gaming will have live stream contracts and, and somebody who's a, a video game streamer, they can only post over there. A lot of them left YouTube and went to Twitch and then things fell apart at Twitch and a lot of them are coming back to YouTube some of them have gone on to other platforms and that sort of thing. But those are all contracts, kind of like what Joe Rogan has with Spotify, where Spotify is where you put all of the new Joe Rogan content. He can take clips of his show and put it on other platforms, but the full show has to remain exclusively on Spotify. So you're going to start to see a lot of that stuff. And this could be the beginning of all of that, where you start to see, hey, you know, former first lady is going to only be posting on Parler. She's not going to post anywhere else. That's her social media network, which, again, is a little weird considering Donald Trump's social media network launches in 11 days. So why isn't she posting on her husband's network? What is that about? Is there something in the relationship? Or does this potentially signal some kind of a partnership with Truth Social and Parler? That would be very interesting. Truth Social has already gotten distribution deals with Rumble. I don't know, folks, but things are going to get real interesting real fast in 2022 when it comes to online content. More coming up, 95.3 MNC. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw? 
R&B Car Company are your used car experts. We ended up finding out the cause of death of comedian Bob Saget. Uh, Bob Saget hit his head and went to bed and didn't wake up. Uh, so we, we don't have any of the details surrounding that. Uh, but they, they did say that it was head trauma that took his life. So family said that he hit his head earlier in the day, laid down, and that's when he passed away. So they didn't offer any further details. It was just uh, the latest information that they, that they had. Uh, speaking of comedians, uh, Kevin Downey Jr. will join us in about an hour. He's a conservative comedian who is coming to town. He's going to be in Bristol. Uh, he's going to be there with uh, my buddy Sean Shank, who's also a very funny local comedian. And so very excited to have him there. Uh, he was on America's Got Talent. He did a really good, really good special for Drybar. And if you don't know who Drybar, Drybar is, if you're a, a comedy fan, find them. Uh, they are hysterical. It's a great venue. They bring in really good comedians. Um, Kevin Downey Jr. is also a regular at the Tropicana in Las Vegas. Uh, so it's, you know, I've, I've known who he was for a long time. Sean hit me up. He's like, hey, man, I got Kevin coming to town. You want to have him on your shows? Yep, absolutely, 100%. So he's going to be on the show in about an hour talking about that. And we'll give you all the details on how you can get your tickets. Only 15 bucks a person. Uh, this would be a good time. All right, what else do we have here? Lots going on. Um, I will talk about inflation, but I'm going to do that probably at 4.30. I'm going to wait on that for just, just a little bit. I know that a lot of people want me to bring it up. I will, I promise, but we'll talk about it in, in just a little while. In Illinois, another fake hate crime has been discovered as a student has now been charged with making a fake hate crime in Illinois. A black college student has been charged with faking a hate crime in order to, to uh, frame white people for racism, according to the Citizen Free Press. The student who attends Southern Illinois University has been criminally charged with three counts of disorderly conduct. Can I just say, I find it very interesting that it has been Illinois law enforcement who has really been charging these folks. I mean, it's been the Jesse Smollett thing. It's been, uh, there's one other student in Illinois who faked a hate crime. They got charged. This lady is getting charged. There's a lot of places in the country where you fake a hate crime and you face no punishment or reprimand whatsoever. In Illinois, they are charging you. And that, that is not something that I think a lot of people would have expected in Illinois, especially in Chicago, but it has been happening. Uh, Kalia Clark Mabins, 19 years old, told the campus police that several racist notes were posted around her dorm room and indicated that she believed that some of her white classmates were guilty. One of the notes said, black people don't belong, which is, and here's the thing, right? If you ever see something like that, that has never actually been said by a human being in probably 50 years. When was the last time any of you actually heard somebody say black people don't belong? Honestly. You can't think of one. You can't think of one. Because it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Here's another news flash for you. Actual racists are okay with you knowing what they said. So if you accuse somebody of being a racist and they immediately try to defend themselves and prove that they're not racist, that is because they're not racist. Because a real racist will go, yep, I said it, what of it? And it's weird how you can't seem to find them either. There aren't that many of them out there. There are some, just not that many. 
The other note, more vulgar, said die, B-word. Clark Mavens nearly successfully framed two white students who had been named as suspects due to her promoting uh, prompting during due to her prompting during the initial investigation. So she specifically, she made it all up and she targeted two students specifically and pointed law enforcement at them. So what did they do that made her want to make make believe that they were committing hate crimes? I mean, if you can even call this a hate crime. I know it's actually not a hate crime. It's somebody posting something that's unpleasant, but it's not a hate crime. After further investigation, police discovered that Clark Mavens fabricated the report in order to to target other students. University officials alerted campus administrators of the dropped charges, and according to their report, the original students named as suspects have been fully cleared of any involvement. We are saddened by the harm that these students endured because of false allegations. Can I also say this? This is also very important. Southern Illinois University, I would like to commend them. Because unlike other universities who have been faced with this exact same scenario and have chosen to never apologize, some of them still removed the innocent victims from the campus. Southern Illinois didn't. They apologized. They made it very public that these students were cleared of any wrongdoing. And they expressed regret that they were innocent and had to go through these false allegations. They use that terminology. How many times have we done stories about this on campus where that never happened? The university never apologized to the victims. The university sometimes removed those victims from campus anyway. And when faculty were pushed on the issue, they said, even even though it was you know not true, it was still important to start a conversation. How many times have we heard that crap? So Southern Illinois University deserves some credit here for going public and pointing out that these other students were innocent and they were falsely accused and defending them because that's not something that you see an awful lot. So this is Headline USA. The instance is yet another another story of desperate critical race theorists trying to prove that Americans are racist. For example, Jesse Smollett, who's convicted last month for lying to police about a racist homophobic attack that authorities said he staged, will return to court for sentencing on March 10th, according to a judge. Smollett, again, black, gay, whatever. We already know the story. Um, Clark Mabins, who now finds herself in a similar position, currently has no lawyer listed. And she was not available for comment. They reached out to her and did not get uh, get comment back. So I wonder why she targeted these two students in particular. You know, it's one thing. It's one thing to go out there and make a fake hate crime as these so-called hate crimes. And again, I know they're not an actual hate crime. It's just somebody posting something stupid. But you know what I mean. It's one thing to do it and then just say, it must be some of the racists around me, but I don't know who. It's another thing for you to specifically point authorities at two individuals. So what happened that made her want to falsely accuse these two white students of posting this stuff around her dorm room? That's what I want to know. What led her to try and sabotage specific individuals lives instead of just trying to make herself a victim most of the time with a fake hate crime they're just trying to make themselves a victim and get attention right that's all it is this goes back to what i said at the beginning of a show 
people don't have any self-worth anymore because you're not actually producing anything. Throughout the entirety of human existence, you woke up at the break of dawn, you did very important work, because the important work was your survival and your family's survival, and if you couldn't do that, you became a thinker, and you contributed in philosophical ways, I was going to say philosophy and philosophical ways at the same time, and maybe the sciences, right? Academics. Or you were a genius composer at a very young age. Those are all things that you would pour yourself into because you didn't have anything else to do. Now we've got a bunch of free time on our hands and we concoct ways to feel important. And one of the ways that people feel important nowadays and to gain attention is to pretend to be victimized. And so that's very common in these fake hate crimes, which are almost always manufactured. Very rarely are they real. The one in Washington, D.C. here that just happened. It was a Mexican immigrant who did it. Mentally ill guy. Has nothing to do with white people. Has nothing to do with neo-Nazis. Guy was mentally ill. Lives on the streets. He's from Mexico. Criminal record. That's who he was. Okay? But this one is a little different because she targeted two very specific students and told authorities to go after him. So there's a little something extra in this story that we still don't know yet. And I wonder what that, I wonder what that is. Wouldn't be surprised if she tried to date them and it didn't work out very well. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. As a sports guy, have you been paying attention to this Project Veritas expose on ESPN? So for those of you who haven't, Project Veritas has got an ESPN whistleblower with a massive quantity of video. And there is a very racist culture at ESPN against white people. And here's the thing. A lot of the black employees at ESPN see it. And they are on camera talking about it. There is, I would call it a systemic problem with ESPN management against certain employees. So this whistleblower has come out. He has several of the on-air big-name anchors talking about it. He's got several of the production staff talking about it. He's got several of the graphics department talking about it all of them are in agreement and it appears to be led by two individuals over at espn and those two individuals appear to be the ones really pushing this culture of racism but there are several of the black employees as well who have stood by this guy as he he fired off an email and in the email um what he did his name is trevor adams I can't play you the entire thing. There's some language that technically would not get me in trouble with the FCC, but it's language that, um, that isn't bleeped out that I, I personally know that my company would prefer that I didn't play. Okay. So that's why I'm not playing you all of the audio here, but you need to go to project Veritas and you need to watch this. I have never seen, I've seen a lot of project Veritas investigations. I'm telling you right now, this is probably the best one as far as physical evidence of what is being alleged actually being presented to all of you. 
This guy also fired off an email to Disney and ESPN and everything else, kind of explaining what was happening after repeatedly going through the chain of command, human resources and everything else to get this resolved. And he's got video of his phone call with the Disney official who then tries to make it seem like he's essentially making a threat. He's not making a threat at all. You'll understand when you watch the video. So he clarifies for the guy anything that could potentially be construed as a threat. He clarifies it. And two days later, Disney sent the cops to his house. And he's he's recording the police officer who let him record. And the police officer says, so you posted something like this on Instagram or whatever. And he asked the officer, he goes, yes, but does that sound like I'm threatening anybody? And the officer goes, no, it doesn't sound like anything. I don't know why I'm here. But Disney sent the police to his to his place. So this is a guy who has documented over and over and over again systemic problems at ESPN headquarters. He's got big name talent at CNN confirming that what he is alleging is true. He's got people of all races confirming what he is alleging is true. He's also got them on camera supporting him and his email and the things that he said in his email. And then Disney contacts him and sends the cops to his house. Now, what does that sound like to all of you? Does that sound like a, an intimidation move? Of course it does. This is a, this, I realize that it's ESPN and a lot of you probably don't care about ESPN, but this is, this is not unique to ESPN. This is something that is happening all over in media right now. And it's not just media, it's every company. Some law enforcement departments are dealing with this. Social media companies have been dealing with this too. They had a really good investigation on Facebook a while back. If you missed that, I know that we talked about it on this show, but I don't know how many of you are new here. You have got to see this video. Now, the uh, the teaser video that they have here is only 10 minutes long. And I'm telling you right now, you are going to get a ton of information here. But we're talking about, you know, uh, Alyssa Lang is on there. Um, who is the other guy? I don't I know his face. I don't know his name. But he's another one of their their big on-air personalities and and he's confirming. They're all confirming that what he is saying is true. And they've got several of the employees on there, some of the black employees saying that they've experienced racism, but also that ESPN's move towards these social justice things have now basically put the company in a bind and in a pinch, and they don't really know what to do because now if they don't do anything, they they end up with public backlash. If they do do something, there's public backlash. There's a, and it's all emanating from management here. So this is... If you ask me if this is the type of thing that you're concerned about or you're interested in, this could be the best internal investigation on this type of of topic that has ever been done. And Project Veritas is, in my opinion, really outdone themselves here. This is a guy who had influence at ESPN, and he has got very big people that he worked with at ESPN that you would all know if you watch ESPN who are backing him up that he is telling the truth. And if you are at all interested in this, go to Project Veritas, watch the video. I will put it in the daily show prep, of course, if you want to wait and support my website. That would be great. I would appreciate it. 
Uh, traffic has been really good since we started doing the live stream over on my website. I appreciate that. And it's not just the live stream page. You guys are checking out the conservative news aggregator every single day. You're getting the daily show prep and the podcast and the other blog posts. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, so it'll be on the daily show prep on the burningtruth.us after the show today. But if you can't wait, go to Project Veritas's website. Please watch this. It is a good one. MNC News Time is 4.31. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. I do want to remind everybody that conservative comedian Kevin Downey Jr. is going to join us in about half an hour. Looking forward to having him on. He's coming to town. He's coming to Bristol. He's going to be doing a comedy show here. You saw him on uh, America's Got Talent. He, uh, he's been, um, he did Dry Bar Comedy. He did a special at Dry Bar Comedy. Oh, my gosh. So good. Dry Bar was, was a great special, if you ask me. So, very excited that he's coming to town. Plus, you guys get to go to a comedy show where you don't have to have social justice stuff shoved down your throat. Isn't that nice? All right, so here's here's what we have here. Um, there's some local stuff that I, I want to go over. Let's start with Penn High School first, okay? So this was posted on social media a little while ago. On Friday, February 11th, we are celebrating seeing smiles again with a mask-free Friday. Now, students all over the country are protesting mask mandates. And they're doing it in part because everybody now admits that masks don't work. You just had the former director of the CDC on Fox News earlier today who said masking is a personal choice because it isn't going to do anything for you. You've got CNN saying it. You've got the current CDC saying it. You have everybody now admitting to you that masking does not work. Okay? So it's your choice. If you want a mask, that's fine. And so students have seen this. So students are like, wait a minute, you had us in a mask for two years, and that crazy guy in the radio named Casey was right, and you guys were wrong, and you were not telling us the truth, and now you're telling us that the mask doesn't work, but the school administrators still want us to wear a mask every day? And students have said, mm, not going to fly. We're done with this. So they post mask-free Friday for February 11th. This is their peaceful protest to not wear a mask, which Everybody now admits does not work. Hashtag told you. All PHM students, staff, and teachers are invited to join in and have a mask-free day. Let's fill our buildings with smiles and normalcy again. Our kids have done everything asked of them for two years. They have earned a day of smiles and a chance to see normal again. Now, once again, I would like to remind everybody that these protests are happening all over the country only after all of the experts are now admitting that masking doesn't work. With the exception of a couple of kooky local officials who don't mean anything. So, the reason that this is interesting is that this is not an official Penn Harris-Madison thing. This is an organized, peaceful protest. Just like all of the other ones you're seeing all over the country right now at schools everywhere, Okay. So now, we had heard earlier that Thacker over at Penn was not going to punish everybody. That they were basically going to treat anybody who showed up without a mask as if they were exempt from wearing a mask. And that has changed, apparently. So according to reports that I am getting, at the end of the day, Penn High School made an announcement that if you go mask-free tomorrow at Penn, you will be punished now. 
So it went from you won't be punished, you'll be treated as if you have a mask exemption, to now it's not an official school event and there will be punishment. Now, remember the last time that there was supposed to be a protest at Penn, Thacker blocked the front door. Other teachers blocked every other exit to the building. And it doesn't matter if you're a butthurt little individual and want to send me an email and tell me that that didn't happen. I have all of the evidence in the world that it did. Talking to that one particular guy who didn't know what he was talking about. You know who you are. And I know that you're listening right now because you're a fan. So they blocked it, and they told people that if they, if they did the walkout, that they were going to be kicked off of the football team and all sorts of other stuff, right? And it was all designed to prevent the students from doing the, uh, the peaceful protest of walking out, right? Now, keep in mind that this is a school that just a couple of years ago allowed a Black Lives Matter protest and allowed students to walk out for a BLM protest. Well, why won't they do, let them do this? You read between the lines on what's going on here. So... Interestingly enough, while the walkout was uh, canceled, I guess, call it karma, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, the spirits, the gods, whatever you want to call it, the fire alarm got pulled that day, and uh, and the students got to do the walkout anyway. <laughs> I Look, I got to say this again. Stop messing with these kids. They're a lot smarter than you think they are. Remember I told everybody, man, Penn probably should have evaluated their fire system before they went back to school. (laughs) So we now have, um, according to the announcement, that there will be punishment if you do not follow the masking guidelines at Penn High School. And you know what, kids? Can I just say this? Kids, young adults. There comes a time in your life, and you are too young to have to learn this lesson. There comes a time in your life where you have to take a stand for yourself. This is that time. Screw Thacker. Screw every teacher over there. Screw every faculty member over there. Screw these public health officials that have lied to you for two years. Screw all of these social media pundits. Screw all of these people in the news and every single one of them who lied to you for two years. Screw them all. Be polite. Be respectful. Stand up for yourself. Everybody knows these masks don't work. There is zero scientific evidence that they do. There is a ton of evidence that they don't. There is no reason for them to continue to have these mask mandates. Do you know how many COVID cases were in St. Joseph County yesterday? Anybody? 75. 75. The whole county. Omicron's not killing anybody. Delta was never a risk to any of you who attend high school. The alpha variants... We're never a risk to any of you who attend high school. This is a time for you to take a stand. Peacefully and respectfully. Show the type of maturity that Thacker 
and officials at Penn have not shown throughout this pandemic. And stick up for yourselves. If you don't want to do it, don't. If you do, don't be afraid. Take a stand for what's right. If you choose to do it, I've got your, well, you have my support. I don't have your support. You have my support. Your parents are going to support you. Any real friends will support you. I can personally tell you a lot of faculty at Penn High School will support you. Nobody's going to force you into it. This is a decision that you have to make. But let me ask you this question. What is the worst that could happen if you didn't wear a mask tomorrow? If this is what you're considering doing, what is the worst that could happen? Now, maybe you're around Thacker every single day. You know him better than I do. I can see right through Thacker. I know exactly who he is as a human being. Maybe he scares you. Maybe he's more vengeful and sinister than I'm even giving him credit for. You have recourse if he's really going to try and do damage to your life. Legal and otherwise. So if you are a student at Penn and you are considering engaging in this protest tomorrow, peacefully and respectfully, this is key. It's not the teacher's fault that you've got tyrants doing this stuff. But if you want to do it, there comes a time, there comes a place when you have to stand up for yourself. This might be that time. Do yourself a favor. Do your fellow students a favor. Stand up against tyranny. Fight against the anti-science, tyrannical policies of the school and others that are around it. They have no evidence that what they're asking you to do works. They have no evidence that what they're asking you to do saves anybody's life. They have zero evidence, none whatsoever. All of the evidence is on the other side. So ask yourself, why is it that they still want to muzzle you? Maybe they do think you're dogs. I don't know. It's not a mask. It's a muzzle. More coming up. I'm telling you right now, man, you kids have no idea how much faculty over at Penn are on your side. No clue. No clue. You know who else doesn't know? Thacker don't know either. He's the minority at that school. Why is it? I just played a montage yesterday on the show of dozens of cable news networks talking about how taking the masks off right now is the right thing to do. That's weird. It's... Suddenly, you've got these local people who don't want to do it. Two weeks ago, you know, Governor uh, Youngkin over in Virginia, he was, he was the demon seed spawn evil guy for taking mask mandates away in Virginia. Two weeks later, within two weeks, all of these Democrat governors are doing it. 
And suddenly, finally, we're following the science and everything's amazing. Wow, that's weird how that happens in two weeks because the science didn't change in two weeks. Dr. Leanna Wen, it's the same science that it has been for over two years. And it's the same science that existed for seven years before the pandemic. I know because I've actually looked at every single one of those studies. Every one of them. Masking isn't saving anybody. Period. End of story. And there's no reason for masking to be on in schools. And numerous studies of masking in schools has proven that it might actually be counterproductive to have a mask in school. And it certainly has never benefited anybody. So ask yourself why it is they still want you to have a mask on. Go on offense. Be polite. Be professional. It's not a mask. It's a muzzle. More coming up. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Super stoked about this. My buddy Sean Shank, local comedian here, he called me up one day and he's like, hey man, do you know who Kevin Downey Jr. is? I'm like, yeah. He was always at the Tropicana. Of course, I'm from Vegas. And I'm like, yeah, I know he is. He's a conservative comedian. And you might have seen him on America's Got Talent. Uh, He's also been on the Bob and Tom show quite a bit. And... He said he was a regular in Las Vegas, but also if you ask me, some of Kevin Downey Jr.'s best work was at Dry Bar, and I highly recommend that you look this up because it was a funny, funny set. And joining us right now is Kevin Downey Jr. Kevin, how you doing, man? Hey, man, I'm good. Thanks, good. Thanks, thanks for the props, yo. How's it going? It's going well. Here's the thing. Obviously, you know, comedians used to kind of keep their politics pretty short to the cuff. You haven't done that as of late, and I assume that that is. <laughs> I assume that that's caused you some issues. Um, it's certainly causing some other people some issues, so I would assume that it's, it's kind of emanated with you as well. But, you know, talk a little bit about being a conservative comic with everything that's happening right now and cancel culture and all of that stuff. Okay. Um, I've been canceled. <laughs> a bunch of uh, liberal commie bookers. But I will tell you this. I've more than made what I've lost from righteous, patriotic American bookers and comic club owners. So there is some of that out there, man. If you don't tell the line, especially here in New York City, well, forget about yeah. it. But uh, you know what? I'm actually writing for PJmedia.com now. So I'm making way more than I would have made working these stupid Dairy Queen gigs or whatever these clowns <laughs> who aren't booking me anymore. Well, and that's a good um, outfit over there, man. PJ Media, they're good people. They, they put out a quality product. They do good stuff. And you're writing for them. Didn't President Trump praise some of your articles? Yeah, man. He actually shared some of my articles. I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? It was right before Christmas, too. Him, (laughs) a handful of people, Jesse Kelly. I was like, oh, this is the best Christmas present ever. What? Ann Coulter's in on it. Yeah, share me, Ann, share me. Yeah. (laughs) Great. She's tough to please, man. Ann is very particular about her humor. So if you wrote something that she liked, that's that's good stuff. (laughs) I've known Ann for a long time. So you're going to come to town. You're going to be at the Bristol Opera House. That's going to be on Saturday, February 12th, so just a couple of days now. You're going to do a great show. Sean Shank is, is going to be there as well. Great local comedian, good buddy of mine. Tell us a little bit about the show and what people can expect. So check this out. Um, first of all, let me just say I don't do any politics on stage because it's just a great way to lose half the crowd. And, sure. Uh, but so 
but these are righteous, patriotic Americans. Sean, he's on our side. Uh, my fiance, Jessica Colazzo, 100% Puerto Rican, loves Trump, loves guns, loves the Constitution. She's performing. It's going to be great. It's going to be a great night uh, for patriotic people who enjoy comedy. Though, we will not be doing politics on stage. So uh, that's what's going to happen. It's going to be a great show. Sean, I've known Sean forever. He's great. It's going to be a hoot. And then from there, I go back to Vegas. I heard you talking about it. I'll be at yeah. the Canada again next week. Yeah. <laughs> this is my old stomping grounds, man. I was I was raised in Vegas and, and the Tropicana. I was always at the Tropicana. A lot of locals, if they went anywhere in the Strip, they would go to the Tropicana. And they knew why. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good, good that you're uh, there. Uh, Jessica's her songs, by the way, are fantastic. The music, the musical <laughs> bits you. that Jessica does are amazing. And you know, talk about the age requirements for this show because some of some of your guys' material is a little salty. Is there any any recommendations on age requirements or anything like that? <laughs> That's a great question. I don't know if the theater has any. I would say. Um, like you said, salty. I mean, if you're going to be offended by jokes about dead hookers, don't go. <laughs> it's, but let's say 18. No one, no one can yell at me if the crowd's 18 or above. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's going to be great. It's going to be. You can get tickets at uh, I believe it's Elkhart Theater. Uh, Elkhart, Elkhart Civic. Civic. Yeah, ElkhartCivicTheater.org. And they've yeah. got the uh, you, little buy tickets thing at the bottom there. You click on that, and it'll take you to the other website. But Elkhart Civic Theater. Dot org and that's theatre, okay, not theatre. Yeah. It's R E, not E R. And otherwise, you'll you'll be asked to buy a domain. Yeah. <laughs> Ask me how I know. That's <laughs> so, hilarious. But they're they're, yeah. fi- they're fifteen bucks per ticket, man. Very reasonable. You get a great night of comedy with some really good comics and and uh, national talent. And yeah, spiritually, you know, my audience is going to be with you. But like you said, you know, that's not what the sets are about. The sets aren't to hammer politics. And, and you've got a wide-ranging gambit of stuff. And I, I always tell people, you know, if they haven't heard of you, like, just go watch his Dry Bar special. Dry Bar is oh, great thanks. anyway, but that was such a good set. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. That was really hard to do because I'm the drinking man comedian. And there's like, no, there's no booze here. It's dry bar. It's like, ah, oh. what is okay. the <laughs> What's the term that they use to describe you? It's the, what? Refreshingly bizarre? Refreshingly bizarre. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> or the drinking man's comedian. Those now, are my two favorites. <laughs> you do have an interesting delivery, though. And that's Thank one you. of the that's one of the things that you'll find people who comment under your work is like it took me a little bit to get used to it because it's so different from everybody else. But then they start to understand what you're doing. Yeah, and, by and, the third joke, they're in on it. <laughs> but this is this is a part of it, man. You find talented people who do things in a different way. They've got great jokes. You don't know where the joke is going to go, and that's where I think you really excel. You just oh, have no you, idea man. what you're saying next. That's that's the goal. That's the goal. This don't ever let them know what's coming next, and they'll keep laughing. I'm, I, I'm, I appreciate you pointing that out. I'm, I'm glad you were you were able to see that. That's 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 nice. You get a lot of radio hosts who don't actually like watch comedy, huh? Nope. <laughs> You'd be shocked. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what else is happening in your life, man? You're writing for PJ Media now. You got a great show coming to town, and I mean, what else is going on? I'm going to be at CPAC for the first time in my career with PJ Media. That's awesome. I, I've never been. Have you been? I don't. I, I'm they, just trying to figure out what to wear. So CPAC <laughs> used to invite me to go every year, and I wasn't allowed to go by my previous employer. Um, I did reach oh. out to them this year about going on Radio Row, and I haven't heard back yet. So I don't know if the spots are full, if I'll be allowed to. But I'm hoping to get there 
at least for a day or two. If I'm in town, I'll send Sean a message and maybe we can all link up or something like that. Absolutely, man. I'm going to be, uh, I don't know if you've probably, you, this, this won't be a shock to you, but there are some, there are some drinkers at pjmedia.com and we're, at town hall it's going to be everyone from town hall and pj hanging out with the cocktail it's going to be great so yeah absolutely man let's hang out yeah that'll be a good time all right so ladies and gentlemen once again saturday february 12th doors open at 7 30 tickets are only 15 dollars per ticket there's going to be what five comedians i think i think five yeah yeah so you got sean you got brad you've got otis you got jessica got uh you got uh, you, so that's yeah, that's going to be great. Five comedians, just fifteen bucks, and you're in a great venue. The Bristol Opera House is a fantastic place to go and to get your tickets. All you have to do now: Elkhart Civic Theater Theatre and you can go ahead and get your tickets that way. I'll link to it on social media in the Daily Show prep, so my audience knows where to get those tickets. But man, it's good to talk to you. I'm so glad you're coming to town. Hey, it's good to talk to you, buddy. It's always a pleasure to talk to someone on the righteous side of things. Well, <laughs> Thanks and, for having me on. And enjoy not having to have a, a face diaper on your face the entire time you're here, by the way. Yeah. It's going to be no nice. Fauci face, no Fauci <laughs> face diaper. Way to go. <laughs> there you go. All right, Kevin Downey Jr., ladies and gentlemen, come to town February 12th and get your tickets right now. Once again, the website is ElkhartCivicTheater.org. Kevin, thank you so much for the time, buddy. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, take care. Around. All right. Ladies and gentlemen. We got more coming up. We're going to talk about the South Bend Common Council. Why don't they want people to attend the Common Council meetings these days? We'll talk about that. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. So why is it that the South Bend Common Council is not opening their meetings to the public? This is like the second meeting in a row. So why is that? So the council is going to be able to go, but the public can't go to the meeting. Does it seem like this is a bit of a problem? What what could the, the reasons possibly be? I wrote an email to them earlier. Everybody on the council. I've gotten responses from two council members, by the way. And I want to thank the ones who did respond. I won't tell you who they are at this point in time, but um, we did on the live stream. But... This is a this is a real problem. Why is it that they are out there not allowing people to go to the council? Does the council work for the people? Of course, the council works for the people. They work for you. They're your employees. I know that some of them don't want to believe that they're employees. They want to believe that they are chieftains or something and you are their subjects. That's not how this works. So I fired off an email to every council member. Again, got responses from two. Hello, esteemed members of the council. I am writing for clarification on why the South Bend Common Council meetings are now being closed to the public. I believe this is the second meeting in a row now. I find it difficult to believe that this would be a COVID mitigation effort, considering you had meetings when the pub, uh, to open to the public when the, a far greater risk of COVID in the past. For example, your meeting in early January, I think that was January 4th, which is on their YouTube channel, uh, whopping two views, by the way. Your meeting in January was open to the public, but COVID cases in St. Joseph County were up to 93% higher than they were this last week. So why is it that that was open to the public? I, now I'm talking, it's not the email, but why is it that that was open to the public when COVID cases are dramatically less in St. Joseph County right now? But they're closing the meetings to the public now. 
Why is that? So I gave them five questions. said, here's my request for information. One, why are the meetings being closed to the public considering the dramatic decline of COVID cases locally when they were open to the public at far riskier times? Two, why are meetings closed to the public while the government buildings are currently operational? By the way, they're open. They're going to open the government buildings to the public in uh, 12 days. Are members of the public a, a greater a greater risk to city officials than other city officials? Three, why are meetings closed to the public when the city just held a Meet the Mayor and Team South Bend event where the public interacted with city officials? Why was that event okay to be around the public, but a council meeting isn't? They just did that two days ago. Four, considering the U.S. Census Bureau data shows that only about 72% of South Bend residents have access to broadband internet, wouldn't limiting access to the council meetings be denying access to roughly a quarter of the city population to their elected representatives? And five, how do you justify denying access to the people whom you work for? Look forward to your responses. Best regards, Casey Hendrickson, 95.3 MNC. So um, I've gotten responses from two very positive responses. Two individuals on the council have said that they uh, have already or will on Monday ask for the meetings to be made public and open. I have not received responses from the others. I fully expect a couple of them to go <laughs> white supremacist and not respond. And I expect a couple of them to have a mini panic attack and suck down some boxed wine. So we'll see what ends up happening here. But this is a question that you folks in South Bend need to be asking yourselves. Right now, given the current great state of COVID situations we have in St. Joseph County, and this goes for you too at Penn High School, why is it that the South Bend Common Council doesn't want the public to go to the meeting? What's the reason for that? Let me ask you this other question. Are any of the other city councils not allowing the public to go to those meetings right now? If there is one, I'm not aware of it. So it's not a COVID thing. We know it's not a COVID thing. We know that they have been open to the public in the past with far more COVID cases including when COVID cases are on the rise, not on the decline like they are now. So why is it that they don't want the public in the common council meetings? And I look, here's the thing. I realize that for most of you out there in this audience, this is not a big deal for you. But when you look at the large number of people in the city of South Bend who do not have access to broadband internet, that is something that has to be discussed when you have members of the common council that represent those constituents. Well, they don't have the internet. So if they wanted to interact with common council members, their representative, how are they going to do that? If they don't have access to the internet, how are they supposed to participate in a hybrid council meeting where the only way to talk to the council members is to have high-speed internet? That seems like you're kind of limiting their access. And look, this is what politicians do. Politicians get elected and they don't like interacting with their constituents because, again, they're now above them. That whole let them eat cake garbage. Here's what I don't have, though. Now, while only two of the members of, of the Common Council, I fired this off in the first segment of the show today, so it's still relatively new, all right? Many of them probably haven't seen the email yet. Two of them did get back to me. But I have not had anybody give me a reason for this yet. Even the two who opposed 
keeping the meetings closed from the public. They didn't have a reason that was given to them or could be passed on to me as to why the meeting is closed to the public. Why is that? I know that one member of the council did call for a vote on making the meetings public and then the meeting was ended, but it, what, what is, what's going on here? Now this could just be one of those things where we're just starting to get to the end of this thing and you're seeing a bunch of people panic that they're going to lose some of their power. But you in South Bend should be asking yourself this question. Why doesn't the common council or I don't know, maybe this is just from the president. Why is it that they don't want you to be able to go to a public council meeting? Why do you think that is? Doesn't, doesn't it make much more sense to allow people the option of doing it virtually, but still have it open to the public so you can go physically and be there at the council meeting. Or if you wanted to, because of work or travel time or what have you, you can do it from wherever location you're at through, through Skype or what have you. Doesn't that that make the most sense? Isn't that kind of what they're always advocating for voter reform? Oh, you should be able to, to do it wherever and however. Why aren't you doing it now? I know that this is seemingly a small issue, but people need to start asking these questions. The people who work for you, the people who rely on you to vote for them, should be available to you. And when they don't make themselves available to you, you need to start asking why that is. Why is it that they don't want me around? Why is it they don't want me to ask them questions? Why is it they don't want me to make statements in front of them? What is the reason behind that? Now, during COVID, I understand that there's a, there's a safety issue that you were looking at, and that's why you're doing it virtually, but that doesn't make any sense right now. That's not a thing now. That's not an argument or a reason now. Just like it's not with Penn High School and the mask on the kid's face. It's not a legitimate excuse to continue to mask them now that everybody has acknowledged that Casey was right this entire time. So why is it that the South Bend Common Council does not want you at all in any way, shape, or form to be in front of them in person? And how many people on the council support not allowing constituents in there? I know there's at least two that don't support that, but how many of the other ones that are left, how many of them don't want any of their constituents to see them face-to-face? Because this smells an awful lot like the school board situation all over the area, right? And all over the country. People go to the school board. They don't rely, or they don't expect, I should say. They don't expect anybody to show up at the school board meetings. Because nobody knows what the school board does. But the pandemic changed that, didn't it? Suddenly people started showing up at school board meetings, realizing, oh, hey, you're giving pornography to my kid. Not okay. Don't want that to be to be given to my child. So let's let's figure out why... This material has been used for the past five years. And then what happens? People start resigning, right? They're resigning from school board meetings because they don't want to deal with the public. Maybe that's what's going on now. Maybe politicians at the South Bend Common Council, from the president down, maybe the ones who support not allowing the public to come in, maybe they're looking at some of these individuals on the school board meetings They're like, you know what? Hey, let's, let's do what we can to prevent anybody from coming here and then things won't be uncomfortable. We can just sit here and rule from our roost and we won't have to be held accountable to anybody and we can just knock on some doors and ask for some votes when it's time for re-election time. But in the meantime, it'll be peaceful and comfortable for me and I won't have to hear any noise. That's what it seems like to me. So I'm willing to bet with everything that's been happening in South Bend over the past couple of years, There's some people who are a little upset with what's going on. 
especially considering some of the double-dipping government bureaucrats that are sitting on that council who are taking taxpayer dollars from two different government jobs. Hmm. Don't like that either. MNC News Time is 5.33. Check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. So what are some of the things that are causing uh, discomfort with school school councils and things like that all over the country? Uh, critical race theory, pornography for kids, that sort of stuff. So somebody uh, on the live stream sent this to me. Clifton French published an article today. South Bend count, uh, Councilwoman has proposed a resolution supporting racism, Marxism, and porn for kids. Oh, could it be? Is You think maybe... This is why they don't want anybody in the uh, the common council meeting. I don't know for sure, but perhaps South Bend Common Council woman Lori Hammond uh, is going to introduce a a resolution condemning Indiana House Bill 1134, which she apparently has not read because most of her proposal has nothing to do with 1134. I broke down 1134 for all of you yesterday. If you missed that. And look, teachers unions and the various teachers that support those unions are straight up lying to you about 1134. I don't know how else to tell you. Stop being super lazy. I almost said stupid, but it's not fair to call you stupid for not reading the bill. Stop being lazy. Read the bill. It's 54 pages. There's like 48 pages after the definitions. Okay, super easy read. And you can go through and find out that all of the allegations online that are floating around on Facebook and everywhere else about what's going to happen to teachers and everybody else if they, if 1134 passes, you'll find out that none of that is in the bill. None of it. It's a straight-up lie. So perhaps, perhaps South Bend Common Councilwoman Lori Hammond and her proposal that's going to be there on Monday night, maybe they don't want angry parents in there, and that's why they're closing the meeting to the public. You think maybe that might be a possibility? Or coming up, 95.3 MNC. I miss the good old days when yelling about idiots was like a once a week thing. I really do. It's I could do my entire show yelling about idiots right now. But unfortunately... That's that's just the the way that the world is kind of morphed into. I hope one day it stabilizes, folks. I really do. I I'm, I miss doing a lot of the stuff that we used to do on this show. Uh, you know, we've got this. Uh, we got past the mic tomorrow. There's a lot that I could cover. I still don't know what I'm going to talk about. I have no clue what I'm going to talk about at past the mic tomorrow. No idea. You have any ideas? You want to send me a message? That would be great. I would appreciate those suggestions. Hit me up on Telegram at Casey the Host. Um, you can also follow me on Rumble. Subscribe on Rumble at Casey the Host. TheBurningTruth.us for the daily show prep, the podcasts, and the daily news aggregator for conservative news. Tomorrow we will talk about this: the doctor who discovered Omicron and how they were threatened and pressured to lie to the world about Omicron. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Let's uh, let's see if that changes Thacker's mind. To the students at Penn High School, stand up for yourselves. Be polite. Be respectful. Be professional. But you don't have to take this garbage anymore. You need to stand up for yourselves. Tomorrow's the opportunity for that. And you got more faculty on your side than you realize. Here's Bill O'Reilly. Again, follow me online at Casey the Host on Rumble, on Telegram, on Instagram, on TikTok at Casey the Host. Let's get me to 1,000 on TikTok and see how fast they ban me.